Today on the show, Jamie Villalobos, whose new book, Happy and Strong, is out on May 17th, and I'm so excited to talk to her about getting happier and stronger all the time and how she did it. She is a top female earner in the world. She's a financial advisor. She grew up exceptionally poor in a very, very tiny town in Montana. I know there was 325 people in the town, so tiny. In a trailer, she was often very cold at night, shivering, hearing her parents fight over the bills. And she just vowed that she was never going to live like that. And she is such a disciplined self-starter. And I was so impressed by this conversation and I'm so impressed by what I've read in her book. So I am very excited to share this with you today. And it's an epic conversation. I'm so excited to bring you this today. Welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. We are here to up-level our practices, become our best selves in the most efficient way possible. Let's use our voices and get stronger and clearer all the time. And one of the things Jamie talks about today, and that's primary in her book is getting very clear on our goals. And as I have been working with her book in my own practices, in my own life, I've been reading it every single day, I have been working on my own goals. And one of the things that's in the book that we don't talk about in the episode today, but that I wanted to bring to light is that she talks about getting very clear on her goals, writing them out, which Sometimes I do that, and you know I do it in an audio format too, but I also dragged my feet a little bit on writing out a new list of goals. I guess there was something in my mind that thought, oh, I'm not going to quite get it right. And even in her book, she says, don't worry about getting it right. Sometimes our perfectionist tendencies can make us want to drag our feet on it. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. I'm getting called out right now. So I went ahead and wrote out my list. I printed it out and I'm going to take it to get laminated (laughs) because she laminated hers, then took it in the shower with her, would turn the water to cold and yell them out, yell out her goals. And so I am in. So I didn't just write my goals. I wrote my why, my reasons for doing this, which she talks about in her book. I wrote my goals and then on the back I wrote, and who am I? And I made a list of the, t- the person that I am, that amazing future me that has all this stuff down. So we are going to learn so much from Jamie today. I'm so excited about this. And as a companion with this podcast, my partner, Justin Wren of Overcome with Justin Wren also did a podcast with her and he delves into the more emotional aspect of her story. And so I feel like they go together so well. So if you love this episode, his will be out on Tuesday with her. And I'm so excited just to share this with you. Thank you so much for being here today. Please share this with a friend if you feel called and also give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen that helps the show grow. It means so much to me. So know that I am so, so grateful. So thank you for being here. Follow Jamie at Jamie Villalobos, V-I-L-L-A-L-O-V-O-S. And I will have all her links and how you can get the book in the show notes just check that out. So I'm so excited to bring you this and and we are working on the new studio and I'm just so excited to be starting fresh and recommitting to everything and making space for all that good. Sometimes when things fall away like the network did in my case, it makes so much room for exactly what's perfect to come in and align. So just remember that. 
Thank you again for being here. And thank you to Jamie for being here. She is absolutely amazing. You're going to love this interview. Let's get to it with Jamie Villalobos, author of Happy and Strong. Jamie, I'm so happy that you're here today. Thank you so much. And, you know, life just throws things at us sometimes. And we have to figure out how to roll with it because yeah. it's never going to stop, right? Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited too, and very. And, I mean, I think surely because the title of your book is what it's all about, getting to a place of being happy and strong. I'm going to hand you that Palo Santo because I like to get in touch with, like, an intention when we start. And, um, and my intention today is really to hear what you have to say about helping people get happy and strong. Yes. I'm excited. I am too. I'm so excited. So thank you for joining. So um, I guess first, why did you call it happy and strong? Why is that your message? You know, um, for years, it's funny, for years I had heard someone say this, um, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. They said success is being happy and strong. So, you know, what good would it be if you're making a million bucks, but in the end, you know, your kids don't want to talk to you or you're unhealthy and you're spending all your money buying your your health back or you're divorced or miserable. And I am sure you've known tons of, you know, people that were super successful in business and things, but they still weren't happy. Oh, it's such a cliche, but it's true. And I I just love that, you know, um, being financially strong, being, you know, mentally strong, physically strong. And... um, and so then years ago, I was uh, just kind of having this thought. I'm like, I need to do something with this happy and strong. It just kept coming in my mind and my heart. And then... Um, did you feel like you were happy and strong at that point in your life? Uh, yeah. You did. At that point. But there was plenty of times that I, <laughs> that I wasn't. Yeah. And um, had to kind of get through some things. So a lot of trial and error and a lot of great coaches and mentors too. But um, then in business... You know, I, I mentor and coach people starting their own business, you know, getting to the next level in business. And what I found was for like the last couple years before COVID happened, that that was my passion when not just coaching them on how to make money, but when they'd come to me and say, yeah, I'm making great money now, but I'm arguing with my spouse or, you know, I don't have enough time with my children or whatever. And so I loved, that was my favorite part was teaching them how to, you know, balance and have, you know, more, you know, joy mm-hmm. in their life while chasing that, you know, better version of themselves. And so you don't have to let go of the dreams and quit on those, but at the same time, you can find joy in the journey. What are you teaching them? Balance. Um, balance. Yeah, how to balance, but just a lot of different little things. Um, I've been a student of the science of happiness probably for the last five years of just really diving into the things that that causes us to have more happiness in our you lives. You seem happy. Most of the time, yeah. Most, well, most <laughs> of the time. Honestly, yeah. I think we have to have the other things to remind us yeah. of what we do want, right? Right. Don't the you adver- think that's part of the process of happiness? Yeah. I mean, the adversity, mm-hmm. we have to have the bad to appreciate the good. And the adversity and the hard things help us grow to the person that we're meant to become, too. A hundred percent. So what, when you're feeling in those moments where maybe you're not, like yeah. what practices do you go back to, to return to that? Do you, yeah. do you have specific things that you do? Yeah. I think we're all, we can all get maybe too much on our plate sometimes or just anxiety or stress or something, that, you know, in the, in the news or the chaos in the world, or we're going through a hard thing with 
Maybe there's a sickness in someone in our family or, you know, just an argument or something that keeps coming up with the spouse and it, it's causing us this undue stress and happiness. But, you know, some of the things are just, you know, going to the basics of wellness. You know what I mean? Like uh, eating totally, right, sleeping, yes. you know, getting enough sleep, uh, getting outdoors into nature, you know, getting in the sunshine. Um, What's your sleep like? I'm a sleep freak. I, I, <laughs> Me too. I often say sleep is the key to life because when yeah, I, I don't sleep right, I'm not happy. I'll right. stuff anything in my face. Right. I'm, I can't handle life. Yeah. Well, I used to be, like when I started out in business, I'm like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, like, <laughs> sure. I everybody was a, says that, like in their 20s. Yes. And stuff. I yeah. was a night owl. I'd be in the office mm-hmm. late. Um, I, can't, I can't do that anymore. I need <laughs> good sleep. And if I don't get good sleep, um, I don't feel like exercising. I don't feel like doing the movement stuff. But I'm also a grouch with my kids. You know, I'm not a good business leader, so I definitely, I definitely need so my sleep. So, what do you do? Do you have specific sleep things you know, that you do? I, I'm do you the shut type down your screens. I Are have you good to. At that? I have to because I'm the type of person that can't shut my brain down at night. Sometimes, you know, I'll sit there like just thinking about all these ideas and different stuff, and I just can't go to sleep sometimes. So, if I have to, I'll just you know have melatonin if I have to, you know. But uh, like you said, the screen time. Shutting the screens how, down. How early? How how long do you give yourself? It's an hour before bedtime. You do an hour. I try I'm to do an so hour. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I I have good sleep, but I haven't gotten there or or an the hour. blue blockers. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Throw on mm-hmm. the blue blockers if I have to be on my mm-hmm. phone or something. Um, but just having a like a cozy bed and pillows and the lights, like turning off all the lights. A lot of people will have like a little light from a you know Blu-ray player or something yeah. or something. You know noises those things so I like it to be dark and cozy and um and kind of just be able to shut my brain off sometimes I'll have to do like meditation before bed just to kind of relax my mind and do you do stuff. like guided meditations or do you do them yeah yourself? Just sometimes I'll just you know pop an app on my phone and just kind uh-huh. of relax oh that's good that's yeah. good I just was exploring new apps for that the other day because I'd like yeah. a new one but um, it's just so crucial. And then what about your morning routine? What's that like? Yeah. So morning, the, a lot of th- same thing with the phone. I mm-hmm. try not to be on the phone first thing when I wake up because then you're kind of hooked into that and you're right. So I'll get up early and when possible, not every morning, but the best is when I'll get up early before my kids wake up when the house is quiet. Same I have here. four kids and how eight, old are they? Six, 12, 13 and 16. So it's I have rare. I have the 12 and 16. I can't even imagine <laughs> adding those other two in. Yeah. So it's like it's very rare that it's quiet in my house yes. ever. So I, I like to get up early before the kids get up, you know, grab a tea and just relax. And I'll um, kind of read through my goals, but then read through, um, you know, a book or something that I'm focused on right now and then journal. I'm so aligned with this. These are exactly the things I do. And even when it's hard to get up, I'm so glad I did because I yeah. the times that I don't, I feel like I can't catch up that day. Yeah. Yeah. So from, I love, it's, it's, that's what causes me stress. If I feel like I'm not on top of everything mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. I forgot about that. So in the morning, if I can just kind of journal and I'll write down all the things I got to get done that day and then just kind of be in the moment of what's the most important thing this day. And sometimes it's not the business thing I have on my plate. It's I need to spend 10 minutes with my teenage daughter or, you know, I need to go over something with her. So it kind of just makes me focused and excited and happy and ready for the day. But um, I I don't know. I just need those few moments alone in the morning. Then going into either exercise or eventually getting on my phone. But I try not. Yeah, I try not to do that first. I do that (laughs) still, though. In that hour, I'm like still like on TikTok a little bit. So. Yeah, that's a work in progress for me. But you know what? It's all a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to just 
before we keep going, just highlight something that you just said. And you said, spend 10 minutes with my teenage daughter. That's all it takes. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's easy to forget. And did you over time discover that it just, it doesn't take that much time? Yeah. I mean, so the balance thing is, is so hard for so so many people. They think Mm -hmm. it's impossible to have this balance and stuff. And so what happens, you get real focused on whatever it is that's coming at you at life. You know, in life, it's could be a business thing. It could be you're reacting, reacting to something that's going on with your family or something that's going on in the world. And um, if you kind of just can plan in the most important stuff, and like you said, 10 minutes is all you need. With a teenage daughter, sometimes, though, it's hard to get those 10 minutes because they're so busy, too. You know, and if it's 10 minutes, and I have four of them, so it's kind of difficult, but 10 minutes with each child, one-on-one, you know, no cell phone, no interruptions, but one-on-one time with each kid in addition to, like, the family stuff that you plan in. And mm-hmm. it, then it feels like that it's getting done instead of three months go by and you're like, oh, crap, I haven't, I haven't done a date night with my spouse or I haven't done anything with my daughter, so... I like that you said that you think about that in the morning, though, and it's not, we plan a date night, Justin and I do, and we'll make time together, but that's not something I consciously write out for my children. Mm -hmm. Usually, we have a set-aside family night where we play a game and have dinner together once a week, and that, I think, is extremely beneficial, but... That's an interesting practice to be to write it down and really consciously say, oh, I'm going to yeah. make this time. Yeah, I just don't, I mean, I'll write down all the things I need to get done and then just kind of circle the top three and whatever oh, in like my that. heart, mm-hmm. whatever in my heart, like, you know what, Daisy needs more of my time today. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I love that you do the date night. That's a, that's a huge one, I think, that you just get that scheduled in once yeah. a week and the family night once a week. That's awesome that you do that because most most people don't, and they're fighting with their kids of, you know, trying to get family time because they have soccer or they have, you know, all their stuff. Yeah. And so we just have this designated time once a week, and it's, it's fun because the kids actually look forward to it. That's Always good. have treats. That's <laughs> have treats. <laughs> that's always, that's important when they always look forward to it because there's always like some special treat that I make for, you know, the family night. So we'll, we'll call it bribes. Yeah. I call it incentive. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Yeah, we'll do games or, you know, sometimes one of them will teach us a lesson. You know, we've had my little guy teach us how to make an arts and crafts thing or whatever. And we'll go outside sometimes. But that time they look forward to, and especially when you have teenagers, because, you know, things change quickly sometimes in their lives. So if you have that once a week, you can monitor activity and attitudes and kind of get everybody together. I hadn't thought of it like that. You're so right, because they do like that, and kind of, I can tell she likes and kind of craves that stability, and I didn't think of it from coming from that way of everything's changing so fast, because it is. Yeah, and they might think that, they might fight you a little bit of like, oh, do I have to do that? Oh, they do. You know, Mm -hmm. but they do like it. Mm -hmm. They do, and it really is like a a tradition, I guess, that that the family can have that... no matter what's going on in life, they can, even if it's for 15 minutes, just get together once a week and, mm-hmm. and become, become a, like a family council. I get the sense that a lot of this happy and strong and a lot of your philosophy behind it does require some advanced planning. Is that something that you teach people like to yeah. think about getting up early, to think about your day ahead? That's actually not really in the book, but um, that's just something I do because okay. I feel like uh, it's my time to kind of just think and be alone mm-hmm. and <laughs> not have, you know, I was trying to do an, a meeting the other day on a Zoom and all four of them came in 
during that time. <laughs> of course. All four of them. They're like a magnet. Yeah. My daughter's that. like, I need you to help <laughs> log me into this computer thing. And then my son was like, uh, I need to get your iPad to look up this certain type of lizard. And another guy was asking me for his Xbox controller. I'm like, get out. Right. So, <laughs> so it's just always something with a house full of kids. But um, that's just for me. But as far as the book, yeah, it's, it's really to teach you how to, you know, just go after your biggest goals, your biggest dreams, the best version of you and find joy along the journey. You know, so it's um, the first half of the book is how to get clarity on what you really, really want your life to look like, um, how to create um, like a clear vision for yourself and that you're excited about. You know, one of the keys to happiness is progression, that you feel like you're growing, that you feel like you're learning, that you know, that you're different than you were last year or yesterday. And, um, and most people don't have any type of clarity um, there's a, w- a great quote, um, Mark Twain, and he says, I can help anyone get anything that they want out of life. I just can't find anyone who knows what they want. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. So it, this helps them to really get clarity on what they want so that they can start gravitating towards that and be excited and happy about, hopeful about something that's coming up mm-hmm. next. A lot of people, the reason they are so sad or depressed is because tomorrow is going to look a lot like today. And they, ha- they don't have clearly defined goals. And they don't have anything written down. And they don't have hope for a better tomorrow. So they just kind of drift mm-hmm. through life. And again, this year looks a lot like last year and the year before. Well, then maybe your daily process is sort of a microcosm of that, right? It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a way of getting clear on a smaller scale when you've already done the work to get clear on this bigger scale, you're able to pull those pieces back and say, okay, well, here's what I need to do today to keep that bigger vision. Yeah. And if I don't get up early, cause that happens a lot too, mm-hmm. right? Me too. Um, at least if I can just glance over my goals, mm-hmm. my dreams. So at first thing in the morning, I'm excited. I'm re-energized. I'm refocused on why I'm doing all these things that I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm excited and happy about what's coming next in my future. How far out do you do those goals? Like, are you looking at (laughs) 10 years down the road too? So again, I've had amazing coaches. Um, Ed Milet's a good friend of mine and others that have really helped me stretch my vision. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a, in a trailer on the edge of town in Northeastern Montana, very poor. Um, I can't even imagine the town in Montana was big. 325 people. <laughs> so, so you were you were on the outskirts of that. 325 people. So it was like a ghost town. But um, we were very poor on food stamps, welfare, you know, those things. I was the oldest of six kids. Oh, my. Oh, my God. So I had a lot of, like, sense of responsibility to do something with my life so that I wanted to be successful, not just to help them and send money to them, but sure. to be successful so that my little sisters, my siblings could say, hey, it doesn't matter what happened to us doesn't matter where we came from. All that matters is what we want, where we want to go. And so I wanted to be an example That's to them. That's pretty amazing that you already had a grasp on that. I knew I didn't want to. <laughs> I mean, I knew really, I didn't want that. Really. I, didn't, I knew I didn't want to have live in this house where they're constantly arguing about which bill we can pay and, you know, not having heat sometimes in the winter and begging for food. You know what I mean? So I didn't, um, I knew I didn't wow. want that. I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. So I moved out to California after high school with the idea of, you know, getting a good job, paying my way through school, and um, worked in corporate America for a while and kind of hit an income ceiling and thought, well, this is it. There's no light at the end of this tunnel. I I can't work any harder. I can't make any more money and started getting more and more dissatisfied, but I still didn't know what I wanted, you know, and Mm -hmm. then finally when I kind of started my own business 
and reached out to great coaches like Ed Milet and those guys. They stretched my vision and thinking of like, hey, this, you know, you don't have to work harder here. You can just, you know, think bigger and help more people. And, um, and they, you know, I remember even turning my first like little goals into, to, to one of those guys and they looked at it and they, they threw it on the floor. <laughs> they said, this is crap. He's like, look around, look what's possible. You can do so much more with your life. And it was the first time I kind of started to believe that maybe that was possible. Still wasn't thinking very big and definitely wasn't thinking very far out. Most, most of us have very small vision. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Most people, their vision is like the weekend. What are we doing for this? <laughs> what are we doing this yeah. weekend? Where are we going? We're going to the lake. And so um, over time, being around these vision stretchers and hitting goals that I thought were kind of impossible and increasing my belief in myself – now, as far as how, I, how you ask how far I can see out, I have a business plan now that goes, I guess, business, life plan, whatever, that goes out 100 years past when I pass away. Oh. So <laughs> it's... I did not expect you to say that. I was like, yeah. oh, she's going to go for like 20, <laughs> 30? Well, it's just part, you know, small piece of it, but I have... 100 um, years after you pass away. The goal is to have... It's legacy planning Beautiful. Goals. I own a tortoise, so I really should do that. <laughs> He's going to live to be like 120. I need to think about planning for his life. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I want, I have a trust I'm putting in place right now so that um, any of my posterity, great, great, great grandkids, whoever wants to do any type of philanthropy, charity work, go, you know, to other countries, do mission work, whatever, that this, this trust will pay for that. Wow. And that's only for that. They won't get the money. Sure. For other things. Yeah. That is amazing. And it will go 100 years. I, I, I'm blown away. Like that's what what a goal. But again, my thinking like was that so is small vision when stretching. I started. I've never heard that term, vision stretching. I yeah. love that term. Yeah, I mean, it was it's. Again, I was only around small thinking people, mm-hmm. people that knew poverty, people that I mean, everyone in my family suffered with you know alcohol addiction, drug addiction. Um, when you can't see next the next how you're paying for the next meal, yeah. I can imagine, and I'm grateful not to have been in that situation but I can imagine it gets you, how are you going to stretch your vision yeah yeah <laughs> you know if you're hungry and you're worried about feeding your kids yeah so when he challenged me to think bigger I I thought I was thinking bigger I was actually trying to impress him with those goals you know <laughs> I didn't know anybody that made any money so <laughs> I went back and I dug a little bit deeper but what he told me was like what do you really want in life what do you really want your life to look like? Like, what would be your wildest dreams, right? And again, I couldn't think very big, but I started to, to say, if money was no object, what would I be doing with my time? And, and so, I, I, again, it wasn't that big of thinking, but it was, to me, impossible. But I wrote, I, I dared to write it down and go back to him with it. He's like, okay, that's a little better. And he just started helping me back engineer some goals to hit it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, he thinks this is possible. He thinks I can do this. Okay, so I started to borrow his belief in me. Then I made it a point to say, you know what? The people that I'm hanging out with that are broke, that are negative, they're not, they're not encouraging me to become any better. They're not encouraging me to go after any of these dreams. But these guys are. So I started to change my associations a little bit. Kind of the ones that were super negative, started to hang out with a little less often, and then started adding these vision stretchers into my circle of influence. And by being around them, I realized they were just really good people, normal guys, and um, and if they can do it, I can do it. So, 
did you notice, did those people try to like pull you back a bit, the old relationships? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's that saying that you are the five of people, the five people that you associate with the most. And, and I'll, t- I'll tell people that and they say, well, I'm a housewife that, that has kids. I'm like, well, what's your income? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's just, um, we are who we associate with. If we're, if we're hanging around people that are, you know, drinking all the time, then we probably are going to want to do that more often too, right? If we're hanging around people that are trying to improve themselves and they're encouraging us to, then we're probably going to be more into that too. So I had to consciously say, okay, you know, who's really pulling me down? And, um, and just, again, cut the association a little bit in the beginning, at least in the beginning, because I had to protect my mindset. A hundred percent. Probably about 18 months. I had to do that. Is that right? To really, yeah. To Does that kind of break it, the cycle, if you can get to uh, 18 yeah. months, you think? Yeah, the an 18-month period of really um, being clear on what you want and then maybe that second version of you, that better version of you of what she looks like. You know, what kind of contributions is she going to make? How is she going to communicate? You know, how is she going to treat people? Getting clear on who she is or he is, right? And then gravitating towards that. So, um, but it's about 18 months of, but because again, if you're in a great environment mm-hmm. and you're passionate about what you do and you're doing all this self-improvement and listening to great podcasts like yours, but then you go home to a very negative environment that's discouraging you. I, I had my family members said, you know, you're crazy. Why are you starting your own business? You're 22. You don't know what you're doing. You never went to college. Um, they they loved me and they were you know they were trying to they thought they were trying to be supportive they're trying to be realistic yeah trying mm-hmm. to be supportive and realistic and it was discouraging but but then i realized like they're broke mm-hmm. i don't want to take advice from broke people um i love them maybe i'll take advice from them if they're successful in a different area you know but most of my family and friends they weren't successful in any area you know most of my family had been divorced mm-hmm. they um you know, they'd never been successful in business. So I just, uh, I thought, well, I'm not going to really take that advice at there. I'm trying to kind of have a, a barrier <laughs> and let yeah. the, that bad advice or that criticism kind of bounce off me. And again, I needed about 18 months of just purely working on me. I had a lot of sim- self-improvement to do. Still well, do. I'm still, you know, a work in progress every day trying to, to grow. What, what were some of the biggest things you had to overcome for your, self, for your own self-development? Um, one was my belief in myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just, again, I didn't know anybody that was successful. I had, uh, again, my upbringing. And then I worked at a health club. Yeah. I worked in a gym, 22 years old. Um, I thought, well, if I could just make what I'm making now and control my schedule, that would be awesome. <laughs> so I, I wasn't thinking really big. But, um, but for me to believe that I could do something great with my life. Um, or become that second version of me. Um, that was one thing I had to overcome. And again, I did it by really plugging into great vision stretching type leaders, mm-hmm. um, having uh, people that believed in me around me more often than the other, you know, criticism and negative. Um, I would tell myself all the time, well, if he did it or she did it, well, then it can be done. So I can do it. I just got to figure out what the crap they're doing, right? What are they doing? Yeah. And, and I should be able to do it faster than them because I can outwork them if I wanted to. But I also can learn from their mistakes. And, um, and so I'd constantly have to tell myself that. I had to also give up, like, the bad habits of sleeping in and, you know, 
just vegging out in front of the mm-hmm. TV and you know all that stuff. But um, but also just being more disciplined with my time. You seem fairly disciplined now. Now were you yeah. not when you were young? I don't think so. I don't think so. I got clarity on what I wanted, and that's made that yeah. w- is what changed it. Yeah, I also had a lot of not just self doubt, but fear, like getting outside my comfort zone. You know, I, I started in business in a very male dom- dominated industry. Mm-hmm. It was mostly men, mostly older men. Um, and I am 22 years old and, and I knew nothing about that industry. Yeah. So did I you start out as like a financial yeah, planner or in financial? Investment? Yeah. With Ed. Yeah. In financial planning. With Ed. Okay. Yeah. And again, everybody was much older men mm-hmm. mostly in that industry. And so to go in talk to people, present, you know, those things. Um, it was scary. <laughs> Did they just recognize like a fire in you or were you just saying, uh, this you know is what, what I want to do? Or I was hungry for change. You were. Again, when you get clarity on what you want, the laziness, the apathy will go away because you want this so bad. So your, your dreams become bigger than your fears. You just know. Yeah. Again, it ha- it's, it's finding that clarity. And again, th- these guys challenged me to do that. What do you really, really, really want your life to look like? Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, reading it every morning and every night, I, people will come to my house and they'll see, I have this like fun land for kids. Like there's a half pipe in my backyard and water slides and they'll <laughs> say, Jamie, did you ever imagine this, this life? And I said, yeah, of course. I imagined it every morning and every night before I went to bed. And when I woke up in the morning, reading my goals and, you know, kind of putting it in my mind. So I'd fire myself up. But I was hungry. So even though I was, I was 22, I probably looked like I was 12 years old. <laughs> I knew no one was going to take me serious in business. Um, but I would go. I, would, I, I remember getting up early, driving like two and a half hours to sneak in to one of Ed's meetings. Wow. That yeah. I, was, I wasn't even invited to. Right? <laughs> like, and I would be, you know, not in the front row because I didn't want to be, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, but I would sit there and be take, you know, taking notes and um, just hungry, to, like a sponge. Mm-hmm. Like, if they did it, I can do it. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it, you know. So I guess I was humble enough to know that I knew nothing and had enough courage to ask on the regular, you know, just regularly say, what do I do next, coach? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, I, but I think that clarity was, like, again, if you, you don't have the discipline yeah. and you don't have the desire, if you don't have your fire stoked by that desire. Yeah, well, the funny part is that you're very clear about it being clarity, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but that really speaks to me because I have moments where I, I get fuzzy, you know, and so I have to go back to these practices. Yeah. And so this is really, really good for me to hear because we've got a lot going on with our podcast and everything and yeah. figuring it out right now. And so, you know, I have to really reconnect every day to my vision, to what I really, yeah. really want. Um, one thing that I kind of grapple with sometimes that I want to ask your take on, you know, sometimes you'll hear the stories about, let's say an actor that goes to a lot of auditions that doesn't get the auditions. And then they start to question, is this really what I should be doing? And, and maybe this isn't what is meant for me. And I'm wondering how you, um, get aligned with what is meant for me and clear vision of what I want right you know because then they just want to is this the vehicle to get me there yeah Yeah. and is this is right the end game is happy and strong but then your pathway is what you're really finding dedication on which you just were talking about and so I think of someone like these actors or something because I've had moments where I'm like is this really what I'm supposed to be doing right you know because it's hard and 
but then I'm like, I really feel like it is. So, you know, yeah. so you don't quit. So what do you tell people when they're like, I don't know if this is it? Right. So I, th- I mean, I, I think you're lucky if, if you can find something that you're passionate about. Yeah. If you love doing it. If that's, that's a big component of it, because then you'll keep doing it, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that every champion, every person that you see on social media that, you know, is winning in life or the, the one percenters or the, you know, world-class athletes, they all thought about quitting. It, they all did. You know, I mean, even if they love what they do, they all had their quitting moments. Um, I know I did. You know, I remember I, I did quit one night. I told my husband, I'm like, this is we it. Were just, we were just dating at the time. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not going <laughs> to do this anymore. I'm, I, I just can't. I'm over it. You know what I mean? It's just too much. It's too hard. Right? It's too hard. And uh, it's because we got past one comfort zone, but now we hit a new comfort zone wall. And it's uncomfortable again. And you're like, what the heck? Like, why, why am I dealing with this crap again? I don't want to do this anymore. And so it's easy to quit. And, um, and he said, he's like, you're not going to quit. You, you love this. He's like the internal optimist. He's like the most positive, <laughs> oh, optimistic guy ever. I like ever. Justin because I'm like, uh, <laughs> Yes, he's familiar. a lot like Justin. He, well, I'd, this <laughs> sounds like me. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm done. And, and he's like, you're not going to quit. And I'm like, watch me. You try to do it all by yourself. And I got a little mean. And, of course, Sean kind of just left me alone for a minute. And I went to bed that night pissed off and frustrated and even in tears. You know, and I'm lying in bed and I can't sleep. And then my goals that I read every morning and every night started playing in my head. Because I would read them every morning, every night to the point where I could push, like, play on a movie in my mind. Or being able to, let's say, retire my dad or, you know what I mean? These things that I wanted to do. And the goals were playing in my mind. And I'm like, okay, you can't quit. If you quit, who's going to take care of your sisters? No one. You can't quit on this girl that you just, you know, brought in and you sold her this big dream of how you're going to help her with her family. Get it, stop it, right? And I, yeah. I'm sorry. I, um, so I, I just said, okay, get out of bed in the middle of the night, in the dark, kind of stumbling around looking for my goals. <laughs> and I went in the bathroom, shut the door, and I just started reading them over and over until I could feel it out loud. And I was crying, and I probably woke people up because I got a little bit loud, but I went to bed, fired up, and the next morning, I was the first one in the office again. So, you know, I we've all gone through these stages. And, and then there's just, we're wore out. Yeah. You know, there's life going on, too. And there's adversity happening, too. So that's normal. And so I think that, you know, if you do have that clarity that I could talk to, you know what you want. You know what you want your, your life to look like. What you want for your parents, for your kids, for your happiness. It's like you're running this marathon. But you can see the finish line. Mm-hmm. most people don't have that so it's around the corner you can't see it it's easy to quit but if it's right there in front of you when you hit the hurdle instead of just staring at the hurdle everything that's wrong <laughs> right focusing on how mm-hmm. to fix everything that's wrong and stressing out and when you focus on now today that's where you stay you attract more of it so instead you can still stay focused on where you're going and then when the hurdle comes you can figure out all right, how am I going to get over this one? How am I going to get around it? Maybe I have to crawl for a little while instead of running. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can call a mentor or some friend, family to drag me across this one if I <laughs> have to. You know what I mean? And so, and so again, if you know where you're going, then, yeah, you know. You're you, going to you, turn it around quicker, yeah, essentially. Because that's what you did in that moment. You, you turned that around pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, I mean all in all. Sometimes I'll take a day. Yeah. I mean, know? well, sometimes I'll, you'll take longer. Sometimes yeah. you kind of plateau. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not growing anymore. 
and you're not fighting anymore, and you're kind of just in a rut or whatever. And um, that's when you got to maybe write down some new goals yeah. that fire you up. You know what I mean? That gets you, again, re-energized and refocused. I like that. So you said something in there. You were like, you read through them until you felt it. No. I'm going to talk about that feeling thing because that is so, you know, the thing right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what everybody's talking about, manifestation, and you have to feel yeah. it and believe it, know it to see it or believe it yeah. to see it. I do too. Yeah. And I, I am a big proponent of that. And I was it just works. wondering your take on yeah. all that right now. And you, I'm curious, you know, did you see it that way to begin with? And Yeah. I um, no? Thank goodness. I was very new starting out and they handed me the book Think and Grow Rich, which mm-hmm. is one of the, the best classics. books on that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the, one of the best books on that. And it's not an easy read. No, it is not. It's not. Like, you get to the chapter on desire and you stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it just, it's old. So it's you old. Know, it's written yes. like, I, I've, I don't think I've made it all the way through, and I feel kind of yeah. bad admitting that. But, yeah, yeah it's like, it's it's not an easy Yeah, read. and then they, they played the movie The Secret. And yeah, like, okay. right. And I'm like, well, why not try it? Right? They, I, mean, I mean, just give it a <laughs> shot for a while, right? All these multimillionaires are telling me <laughs> to do it. I'm like, I'm going to try it. So I did, and it worked, right? So I, I put down this goal of I wanted to make a half a million by this date, and I'm like, impossible, right? That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. And uh, and I hit it on that date. And I'm like, on that day? Yes. Like it, that was written down. Yes. That I was reading every morning and every night mm-hmm. and visualizing with emotion. That's the secret, with emotion. So... That's why I played the video in my mind. So instead of just hitting a goal, I imagined them high-fiving me when I hit the goal. Like I, being in a place where I could hear, like use my senses. Does that make sense? Yes. And the more emotion and the more senses you use, the easier it is to manifest those things. So I did it in business, totally transformed my life, my income, my everything, right? Um, but I've used it in other areas too. And you can use it in your relationships. I remember one time I was having a hard relationship with someone. I'm like, I imagined that we were just, you know, great friends and everything was going well. <laughs> and, you know, and just you can, um, you can use your imagination and focus on it and you'll start to, to manifest more of it. Um, but I actually got sick. Um, I got, they told me I had lupus, an autoimmune disease, incurable autoimmune disease. Uh, my hair fell out. I had, in a matter of... How old were you at this point? Holly 30. How old are you now? I stopped aging at 32. I love about it. About 15 years Same ago. Mani- See, so the, the <laughs> law of attraction works, the manifestation works, so I'm trying it with this too, and it's so far so good. But um, so th- I'm adopting that, by the way. It, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so basically what happened was, I don't know, I, I, my hair started falling out. I didn't notice it. I was feeling aches and pains, but my husband, one Sunday morning, he said, oh, you have like a little bald spot or something. He was being very nice, but I looked in the mirror. There's about that big, completely bald in the back of my head. Oh my gosh. So I go to the doctor. He's like, that's autoimmune. Sends me to a rheumatologist. They take all these blood. And they said, she said, it's, it's lupus. There's no cure. We don't know what causes it. It could be your lipstick for all we know. And of course I've now used this manifestation or whatever in every area of my life. So I'm like, I'm not going to listen to her. She's a negative. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to her anymore. I'll go find a different doctor. And, um, and I set a date that when I was going to be healed, healthy body, cured. And um, How far out did you go? Uh, 18 months. Okay. And Is that sort of a t- nice, sweet spot for I you, 18 I w- months? In my mind, I believed I could do it in 18 months. Okay. And whatever okay. your mind can... Why not? Whatever your mind can believe, mm-hmm. it's very powerful. It can, 
it can manifest, it can achieve, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I put the date down and everything uh, started to get come into place. The right people, books, information started to come. And through diet, changing my lifestyle, um, more movement, you know, just different things, I was able to reverse it and cure myself from this autoimmune disease. It's incurable disease. So I knew that it worked in every other area of life. Why couldn't it work with this? And I believed it could. So it was hard, though. It was really hard. I mean, I had to really go on a really strict diet for about 18 months. Um, Which was what? It was, um, at first it was a, a diet called GAPS. It was just uh, just cutting everything out. Cutting everything out. It was a very restrictive diet. Yeah. Um, and after about 18 months, I could start adding things back in. I still can't have gluten. It's like my kryptonite is really bad for me. But yeah. um, it, 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 it reversed it. And I would go to my rheumatologist, and they would do my labs every three weeks. And they're like, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. The labs don't lie. Just keep doing it. I'm like, okay, I'm reading my goals. <laughs> I'm eating well. But, um, yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. Like I said, that was an adversity, too, that I needed. I needed that to long-term get to my happy and strong. I wasn't taking good care of myself. I wasn't good at self-care. And I had to learn it the hard way. What's your self-care like now besides getting up early and sleeping? Um, yeah, sleep. I eat well. You sound um, like you do. Yeah, I eat well I, for my body, uh, mm-hmm. what my body needs. I kind of learned how food can be medicine. Yeah. But uh, my self-care is, you know, like I said, mind, my mind too. I, like the sleep is a big thing, but I happy people are around happy people. And, and so I want to be grateful every day. I try to, to practice grateful, you know, being grateful. You I write that down in your journal? Yeah, that's one of the things I try yeah, to, like, too. Uh, on each of my, each person in my life that I'm trying to have a better relationship. Like, maybe each Ooh. of my kids, I'm grateful that my six-year-old came in with that smile today. Or, you know, I'm grateful that my husband gave me that hug in the kitchen. Or it looked at me a certain way. You know what I mean? So I'll just kind of mm-hmm. write down what I'm grateful for, but, like, individually about each person I try to do like one little thing that's a good practice yeah and so it kind of instead of like oh my teenager did this today (laughs) instead I'll kind of remember instead I'll be just generally I'm so grateful that they're healthy and you know and and I like that it gets a lot more specific and you do something about each of them every day yeah I I try to do do that each day but practicing gratitude forgiveness you know, those things mm-hmm. that are toxic, you know, um, try to keep my stress down, you know, exercise. Are you a meditator? Uh, somewhat. I'm not, I wasn't ever very good at it. I was terrible at it actually for a while because my mind, I can't turn it off sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'd be sitting there like thinking about other things like this is a waste of time, but I've gotten better. I've gotten well, a lot I better. think you're doing it maybe in a different way with your vision, with your envisioning yeah. and feeling like you're really holding I, I mean, from what all I listen to, you know, you're holding those vibrations really high mm-hmm. and aligning with those. And yeah. so you're, you're rising to meet that. So, yeah, I mean, that's a form. So I think for me, th- one of my self-care things is just knowing me, knowing mm-hmm. my, like my needs, my psychological needs. And, you know, for some people, they need solitude. They need to be alone for a while. That's not me, but some people need that. Others need fun. They need play. They need physical like connection, they need high fives, they need to go, you know, do something, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, everybody's different, for me, I really need to have at least one day off a month, that I just plan it in to my schedule, my husband knows, my staff knows, don't bother me, and I'll plan to happily waste time, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll, uh, I'll, you know, sometimes just go window shopping or something, or I'll go to the spa, but other times, I'll just, 
uh, journal and, um, you know, just relax. Mm -hmm. And so I, I need that one day a month just to kind of be on top of everything. And that's just me. Like I said, so I know what I need. Mm -hmm. Um, but everybody's, I guess everybody's a little bit different. You're an interesting balance of looking ahead and living in the present. Do you feel yeah. that for yourself? Yeah, I have. I have learned that because I was really bad at that. I would. What would you do instead? I mean, I would. Or? I was hard for me to be in the moment. Yeah, it's it's tough. It takes yeah. practice for sure. I, d- I really, it would bother me though because I would plan this great family vacation or something, and then when I'm there, I'm thinking about what's next and all the stuff I had to do. Or I'd plan something else. <laughs> you don't even enjoy it. I wasn't enjoying it. I've heard that so many times from women. Yeah, it's, especially it's, women. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a symptom of perfectionism. I know. Those things. I suffer I think, from that. I think perfectionism is the opposite of self-care. I think with perfectionism, we're trying to please others. It's a form of trying to please others. Usually it's not about us. It's. I remember I would be sitting somewhere with four kids trying to keep them quiet and thinking about whatever other, all the other families thought about my rambunctious children. Yeah. Like they hate me. They think I'm a bad mom. They yeah. Think I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I take them out of the room and I'm like, you know, I'm going to take this, you know, coloring book and we're going to be <laughs> quiet. And I'm like, then I feel like these guilty feelings of being a bad mom. And I'm like, who am I trying to impress? Am I trying to correct my child's behavior and grow our relationship? Or am I worried about what this other lady thinks? You know what I mean? So. And if you get really honest, I mean. Right. You're worried about what the other person thinks. Yeah. And, and I the other like person probably has four kids too. And you don't <laughs> probably know deal it. with the same crap. And they're like, eh, I get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, instead I'm like, it's, you know, being in the moment, for example, like I, again, four kids, it was always rushing, rushing out of the house. I'm like, get your shoes on, get, you know, get your stuff together. Let's go. And we'd finally get to wherever we're going. Everybody's grumpy. Everybody, I'm pissed off. They're grumpy. No one's having any fun. And so now it's like, you know what? I'd rather be on time and happy, or late and happy than on time and mean. And everybody yeah. <laughs> pissed off. Yes, right. yeah. So just kind of being in the moment. I remember I remember one time I was driving, and this one gentleman called me who's, I call him my papa, Papa Cap. He's just a great guy. He's an older older man. He's a friend of mine. And he said, Jamie, you know, I just want you to know you're you're a you're a good mom you're a great mom. And I said, thanks, Greg. He said, you're not a perfect mom. There's no such thing. And he's like, you're a great business leader. You're not a perfect business leader. There's no such thing. And so at that time, I came up with an affirmation that was, it's, it's you know, good enough not being perfect and not trying to micromanage things and, you know, work myself up over dumb little crap all the time. So instead, I can be in the moment, enjoying watching my kid you know did you have to catch yourself time after time to really get it into practice we're so busy I I remember one time I was in the middle of a big project and I'm on the phone and my daughter was little and she came up to me she said are you hungry I looked at her and she had this plate of plastic food right (laughs) and I'm like I'm so busy right now but I'm like yeah that looks delicious and it was like some plastic corn on the cob or something and I finished my food I gave it back to her she's like okay hold on I have something in the microwave for you (laughs) and she came back and I just stopped what I was doing and I took it was like probably 15 minutes eating all this plastic Mm -hmm. food and then she went off and she said all right now I'm gonna go feed the goats I have no idea what she was talking (laughs) about we don't have goats but I'm like, all right, awesome. And like just that 15 minutes brought joy to me and to her. And, you know, so I kind of just stopped 
and just enjoy everything that's going on in, in the moment. Yeah. For me, being the mom part, too, has been a big practice around that. Just because yeah. you were talking about how busy and people have all these things going on. And I'm not an overachiever mom. I've never been the one no. that's like, I've got to get my kid in everything and no. get them to it. Good. And I'm just not. And because it's just is too much. It just felt much. like too much for everybody. And they already do so much all day long. I'm like, good Lord, aren't they yeah. exhausted? I feel I yeah. feel like Americans have this culture now of entertaining their kids and providing this better life than they had or something. Sure. So they have them in all these things. And so for me, the rule is they can be in one thing at a time. Yeah. And even with four of them, that's still a lot. Oof. I don't want to be driving them around. You know, I don't want to be at their beck and call. I have a life. And so... We have one day a week that we're like, we don't do any of these things. We're just, we're chill this day. Like, we're, we're together. It's family day. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't want them overbooked. So many kids are overbooked. Oh, big And they're, time. they're, again, trying to entertain their kids. So, yeah, we, if it doesn't, if it takes away from the family or the happiness, then we just don't, we just yeah. don't do it. And I had to just change my mindset around it, too, because yeah. we are living in that culture. And so I found myself beating myself up a lot, like, mm -hmm. oh, shit, they're, they're doing so much. I'm, yeah. I'm really dropping the ball. I'm not doing things. Yeah. My kids are going to be wondering why I'm not yeah. getting them enrolled in 18 summer camps or whatever right. it is. And I had to just relax and yeah. say, I just actually, I just told myself whether it was true or not. I was like, you're doing a great job. You're killing yeah. it as a mom. I just started telling yeah. myself that you're, you're doing so great. And I yep. think just sometimes it's just simply telling yourself that one thing and, and letting yourself believe it. Right. I think I used to be like that too, because I grew up where I, w I wasn't allowed to do karate or dance because we didn't right. have money. You didn't have the funds for I it, think right? I did Girl Scouts because it was free, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought, well, when my kids, I'm going to get them in all these things, and it was great, but then I realized, no, that's, if it's pulling away from the family's happiness, then that's not, that's not useful, right? So um, I remember, uh, you know, again, putting them in one thing at a time, letting them pick, and uh, having... You know, my daughter said, well, I want to do this, too. I'm like, all right, take one thing off your plate. You can add, you're more than welcome to add something on. And, uh, and it keeps it calm, more calm. But then there's still, like, the guilty mommy guilt feelings where I remember one time I was rushing around like crazy. And uh, my six-year-old, we were going to preschool he, when he was probably about four years old. And we're like, just put on whatever you want to wear. I don't care. Let's go. Let's go. And we're, he gets in the car, and he has a flash, like, um, superhero flash outfit and his older brother's big cowboy boots on. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, whatever. Be in the moment. So what's it, what's it going to hurt, right? I get to the school, and we're, we're walking up. He's like, it's picture day, Mom. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. We walk in. I ask the teacher, is it picture day? She's like, oh, yeah, it's picture day. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> right? So I have to run back home, get him some more clothes, change him up real quick. His hair is still messy. And I'm like, how did I miss that? How did I not know it was picture day? Later in the week, we, we show up to a birthday party, and I got this great, like, unicorn backpack for the little girl, put the, par you know, put the present up there, and then I'm at the party, and I realize this is, they're all boys. There's a Superman or superhero bounce house. I'm like, is this a boy's birthday party? I thought it was for this little girl. And I'm like, <laughs> like covert operation, having my husband bring a new present, sneaking it up there. And I'm like, super mom here. Like, you know, just totally spaced on all this stuff in one week. And I couldn't beat myself up about that. Or we can laugh about it. 
That's right. It was funny. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, you know, it, we're all human and we're all going to make mistakes. I remember my first child forgetting a um, show and tell. And she got to school and she's like, we didn't bring my show and tell. And I'm like, oh, I'm such a bad mom. I'm like, mm-hmm. I am not a bad mom for forgetting a stupid stuffed animal one day of my child's life. No, you know? no. And uh, so if they're, if they're learning, if they're doing good, you know, with their friends and socially, that's good. They're, they're doing well. They're growing. They're that's becoming right. good humans. They're becoming good humans. Yeah. My situation's been a little challenging just because my I'm divorced from each of my daughter's dads. Right. And so, you know, I have that extra layer of like, they're blaming me and yeah. thinking I'm a shitty mom and whatever that is. And, you know, the, my, my, their dads and, and um, then them too, you know, I know that it's added yeah. a little bit of difficulty to their lives because they're, they get annoyed when things are at yeah. other houses and stuff. And I, I just have to shrug and go, this is, this is the hand you've been dealt. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. so let's make the best of it. And I'm going to try not to get too stressed out about it and just keep yeah. telling myself I'm a good and mom. And they're teenagers too. That's right. So it adds all the emotion yeah, into it. it I does. mean, I was there, like I said, my parents, I went through two divorces, you know? Oh no, you, I didn't catch that. Yeah. My yeah. dad and my mom divorced when I was t- in second grade. And then my dad and my stepmom divorced okay. again when I was in high school. They, she kind of went on strike. <laughs> and Were you she close left. with her? My my mom and stepmom. Your stepmom. My stepmom. Mm, um, I mean, we I I grew up in that house. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say we were very close, so but we had a decent kids, relationship. All six kids were going back and forth. So my, I'm my mom's only child. Oh, okay. So I see. when I my see. when my um ap- in my second grade after uh, summer after my second grade my. My dad went on a hunting trip. It wasn't a hunting trip, but I guess it was, I don't know, he was dealing drugs. And, um, Whoa, okay. Yeah, and so he had left, and my mom said, if you don't come, if you leave, I'm you know, not going to be here when you get back. And so then she came to me and said, hey, um, want to move to California? I said, okay, that sounds fun. Disneyland, mm-hmm. you know, at <laughs> the beach. Yeah. And so we left, and we went to California, and... And I realized that that was it. And my dad was back in Montana. And so I would kind of go back and forth wow. from Venice, California, to northeastern Montana, a town of 325 people. So it was kind of, you know, very different Sounds culture like a, shock. A tough commute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my, I was my mom's only child. And then my dad remarried with, with my stepmom and had five more kids. Wow. So there was a big age gap between okay. me in the middle. So that's why I kind of also felt responsibility for them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm sure that fostered some of your responsibility and yeah. mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think with teenagers, the key is just try not to, in, you know, be hooked <laughs> by the, you know, their attitude or whatever they're feeling mm-hmm. and just love them. Just yeah. pour on the love. Yeah. Just pour on the love. Let's talk a little bit about your relationship, like, uh, and your marriage. How long have you been married? Uh, 20 years. 20 years. Okay. So what do you, what do you tell people about that as far as a happy and strong marriage? Well, I think that... Would you label your marriage happy and strong? Yes. Yes. Very, uh, cool. very inspired, very, um, I would say, happy. Mm-hmm. I think two things. One is that your marriage should be number one. And again, I think a lot of our culture is everything's about the kids. My kids' happiness. And so I think the best thing you can do for your kids is show them how to have a happy relationship how it works. And so whatever relationship you're in, you're giving that 100%. And so I'll tell my kids all the time, I love you so much. Not as much as dad, but I love you. Wow. <laughs> you know, and so, <laughs> and they're like, I know, right? So, but they know that. They, they feel safe in that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they know I love them unconditionally. I love them no matter what. I'll tell my 13-year-old, my little rebel, I say, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. No matter what you do, I'll always love you. I'll love you more tomorrow than I love you today, right? And he's like, well, what if I committed murder? I'm like, well, then I guess I'll be loving you in prison. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I just want to show them that unconditional love. But dad is number one. So that's one. And then the other thing is we're on the same page. So when we write those goals, a lot of times, you know, in the beginning, again, small thinking, we didn't even know how to do this. But guys like Ed would say, practice dreaming. I mean, we went through our whole life being shut down on pretty much every dream we ever had. You know, it's impossible. Or even Mm -hmm. when we're little kids, we were taught to think smaller. So I had to practice. I had to turn my dream machine on again of, like, what is possible. So I'd sit there with my husband with a legal pad on our laps and be like, what do we really want? Again, I grew up in Montana with nothing. So I'm like, I don't know, a big backyard? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't get myself to think very big. A yeah. dog? I don't know. <laughs> and so I had to practice that. And my husband, he's better at this. He comes up with real fun things like he wants a car with, you know, a garage with 15 cars and, <laughs> and fun, fun stuff. But we would sit there and practice dreaming and write all these things out together. So instead of, now, like that car thing, I don't care about. I don't want that. But if it makes him excited, I love it. I add it to my goals, too. Oh, okay. And so we have a common vision. Mm -hmm. We have a common vision of what we want for our kids, for our family. We want what we want our life to look like. And so not always do we agree on stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has his things, and I have my things, and we have our own, you know, passions, interests, cool things that we like to do. He loves surfing. I don't surf. He's tried to get me to do it a few times. I did it a few times just to have fun with the kids, but it's not my thing, you know, so I, it's, you know, but we still love going to surf trips together, and I'll, you yeah. know, hang out on the beach, and chill, and relax, and he'll go play all day long, and I'll work out, or drink smoothies, or whatever I do, right, but, um, but we have this vision of where we're going together, mm-hmm. and we're a team. That's incredible. I, I, I've just learned a lot that we need to implement. So, um, and I'm fascinated by the fact that you say I love him the most versus the kids. That's, um, pretty, pretty unusual nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I guess everything usually revolves around the kids right now. And that's, um, I don't know. That that puts an ego thing on the kids too. Yeah. It kind of does. Like an entitlement. I think a a lot of kids are, have entitlement issues nowadays. Mm -hmm. It's been interesting for me too, because (coughs) obviously I'm split from both their dads. And so... I do love them the most, you know, yeah. and then, but now I'm able to have this separate relationship yeah. that feels like I'm able to yeah. not even rank it, you know, just like say, okay, yeah. this and is for me more. And they need know. that from you. They need that love from you, mm-hmm. but it, you know, they are going to go off and find the man of their dreams too. And so that your example with Justin of like being in love and being happy and making him, you know, a priority a lot of the times. Yeah. You know, I think in your situation, like, they have to know, like, you're not going to choose him over them. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but they see that example of how when they go find a guy, w- they know what they're looking for. Yeah. They know what they're trying to build. Yeah. It's been an interesting journey, part yeah. of the journey, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Speaking of journeys, I want to <laughs> talk about um, your journey with this book because I think you said before we started that you had sort of resisted this. 
at first. <laughs> and so I just wanted to hear about your process and your journey as you as you got this made, which is a very, it's beautiful. And you, uh, you the, I don't have the other copy in front of me, but you have like amazing quotes from John Maxwell and Ed Milet. And yeah, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, well, I didn't want to write a book. Uh, I had in my plan, possibly, once the kids are moved out of my house and I don't have any kids in my house, mm-hmm. you know, so, but I wasn't going to write a book anytime soon, you know, it, now. Um, a while ago, like a few years before COVID, I was with Ed and he he talked to me, he challenged me to do something with this happy and strong movement. Because you were doing a course or... Um, I was just building, you know, helping entrepreneurs to start businesses, be more successful in their businesses. And he said, you know, I coach all these people. And he's like, you're the only woman that's making multiple seven figures, but is happily married, has four kids, travels the world, does all this philanthropy stuff all over the world. And he said, I, you know, I want you to start doing something with that. And so I started doing classes. Uh, the, like, like that a had to feel kind of good, too. Yeah. Like, to hear I that mean, from him, you were like, probably like, well, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and it, was, it, it resonated with me because, again, that's what I was most passionate about, yeah. teaching. So, yeah. so I started doing these events, Happy and Strong Workshops, when we teach them how just even the stuff about the kids, of how to raise kids that are not feeling entitlement. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids, they don't, I don't give them any money. I don't give them any money. Like, you know, there's no <laughs> uh, – they do chores, but that's not for money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So – um, but how to, to implement, th- implement these little things in your home so that you're not so stressed out all the time, so that you don't have to nag the kids to do a chore. and Just all these little things um, could be for entrepreneurs, could be for women, could be for couples, doesn't matter. And I loved doing them, and then COVID hit, right? And uh, so I did a, free, a, f- a few free ones during COVID just on mental wellness. They were just free for mental wellness because people were just so, they were hurting so much. They were all kind of in their own little form of depression, and then, I don't know, like the spirit just kept telling me, like, you got to write this book. You got to write this book. And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to. And, and finally, <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Um, so I set a date. I was going to do it. And as soon as I committed, like made the decision, again, the right people and help and different stuff, you know, came into my life. My mom called me. She lives uh, in Texas here in Austin. Oh. She lives in Cedar Park. Yes, Cedar Park. You mentioned that. I yeah. hadn't quite put it together. Yeah. Yeah. So she um, she said, hey, I'm bored here in quarantine. I'm going to come out and visit you and the kids, and I'll help out. So I go, all right. That takes a little off my plate. She was doing all the pickups and drop-offs nice. and cooking, and, mm-hmm. and so I could focus and, and knock it out. But honestly, it was, just, it was born because of the unhappiness that was happening. Um, again, I've seen tons of people make millions of dollars that are still searching for meaning and fulfillment and happiness. But I've also seen people making tons of money and 2008 or COVID, it was like gone. Yeah. Their businesses were wiped out. Um, but right now we are more unhappy as a nation. We're the unhappiest we've been in over 50 years. So there's record suicide, youth suicide, uh, divorce, um, alcoholism, uh, the use of antidepressants, you know, all these. So everything's, all the bads are high. Right. And so, um, again, the book teaches you how to, you know, get the clarity on on your ideal life so that you can figure out what that second version of you is. I think that there's two of you. There's the, the guy or gal that is and the one that's meant to be or could be. And to get there, it's like the, the <laughs> it's nonlinear the, path. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the up and down and the adversity and the adversity is for our good most of the time. It's to help us grow into that person. We need that experience. And so it teaches you that mental toughness of how to use the adversity to become stronger. 
to become better, to become a better version of you and how to find the happiness and the joy even through that journey, mm-hmm. through the climbing from the peak to, to the valleys. Um, the middle of the book teaches you how to grow yourself as a leader so that you can make the difference in other people's lives and free yourself up so you have more f- time for the fun and for the lifestyle and you know for the meaningful stuff. Um, and then there's a lot on the the balance and the science of happiness and stuff in there too. I can't wait to read it because I haven't yet. I just got it today <laughs> and thank you for bringing it to me. So I'm going to read it before this comes out and do an intro and talk about it a bit because um, I'm really, I'm just, I'm excited to do this too. I mean, even stuff you mentioned, it's just because I'm already involved in a lot of practices doesn't mean I can't excel and get better. Yeah. You know, these I'm are not practical. making seven figures. These are practical. Like to, these know? are practical, learnable, doable easy things that's what I'm all about if it's like a little girl from Montana in a trailer park like if I can do it you can do it here's (laughs) what I did and I'm not you know what I mean like it's I have no special gifts or talents at all it's just learnable stuff and some of it was learned from trial and error and some of it was learned from incredible mentors that I was you know blessed to have in my life but um you're pretty quick to uh, recognize like okay it's, it's it can be done there it is being done so yeah. it's possible. Yeah. And the nice thing is most of these guys that are super successful like this, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, uh, they want to help you. They, they'll raise, they'll help raise you up too, if you ask. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of brave enough to say, hey, I know nothing. Tell me what to do. And when they would tell me something to do, I would like implement at the speed of instruction like that night I would do it. And then when I, whatever result I got, I'd come back and say, okay, here's what happened. What next coach? And, you know, just kind of incremental growth. I had a producer in my music career tell me that when, like when I was very early on on my own and I was like, I don't know anything. And, uh, and he was like telling, giving me some advice about some other things to do. And he was like, just go tell them you're an idiot and they're going to help you. And I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> so I pretty much did. I was like, I don't know anything. And you know, <laughs> yeah, they will, they'll help you. And, you know, like I said, so, and I always just kind of found a way to stay excited, you know, even as in my lowest points and the hardest things, like there's something good to look forward to. There's something better maybe around the corner. I just got to get there so I can see it, you know. And so that's a challenge so many times for so, so many times for so many people. Yeah. Just to find something to get excited about. Because right. when you're at those low points, I know that like when you had that moment where you're like, I'm quitting. Yeah. You got back excited about your goals. But sometimes it's just, it's I know hard. I've had some walls where I'm like, just low. And so often I need to just go to sleep. And then yes, <laughs> seriously, sometimes you just want to go to bed and cover your head yeah. and suck your thumb at you and just, and be, just, just to have sleep. a pity party. And that, and that happens sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but you got to have someone that you can reach out to. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I made sure I had those people in my life that when I did plateau or get comfortable, um, I had someone to reach out to, to kind of, again, stretch my vision. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was, is just the, the gratitude part, you know what I mean? Like, and focusing on others. Yeah. So for now, like now I've hit all those goals that I wrote down, you know, even my wildest dreams or whatever, I've hit all of those goals. We travel the world all the time. And so it's easy to stop growing or to plateau or get comfortable again. You know, you're living a pretty good life. And so I found that I think the biggest piece for me now is focusing on, other people mm-hmm. and and being grateful those two pieces they said that uh, they did a study one time where they had people come in they did this test on them to figure out how happy what their happiness level was okay and they they asked them a series of questions they didn't know what the test was for and then they had them think of the person that they're most grateful for in their life could be a professor or a mentor or a family member and then they had them write it down like why they were so grateful 
And then they had them pick, them up, pick up the phone and call these people, mm -hmm. right? And <coughs> express their gratitude. And they found that uh, everybody that wrote it, their happiness levels increased a ton, right? But the ones that were able to verbally say that they were grateful had the most increase in happiness because they redid the test. They worded it differently, but they, worded, uh, they, they did the test again. And the person that came in the most unhappy had the biggest increase by expressing gratitude. So I'm trying to do that on a daily basis, but then focusing on others, if you have goals outside yourself, like I love what Justin's doing, mm -hmm. right, with, with um, Fight for the Forgotten. Absolutely. When you're focused on someone else, it causes you to continue to do self-improvement, to continue to grow, to become better, to get, you know, to whatever that next level is to, to serve these people. And so it constantly keeps you going. And so now I have like all these people that I mentor and coach, but I'll bring them to like Uganda or Africa mm -hmm. or whatever. I'm like, look, yes, you're making all this money, but look how little, little, you know, go such a long way for feeding these kids or, you know, building this school or whatever. So I think that for me now, that's one of the things that really not only keeps me growing, but it causes just so much more happiness. For sure. So, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, going to the Congo or, <laughs> you know, or uh, building a school. It could be that you just do a little service project with your kids in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and plant some trees or help a widow clean up her backyard or whatever, you know what I mean? And so I try to get my kids involved in service uh, mm -hmm. regularly too. Are you successful at that? Yeah. Good. It's actually, okay. actually, it's fun because they, 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 they don't want to do it at first, but every single time that they do it, they're happier. Me Every I've, time. I've noticed that when I've, every the, the, time. the times that I've done it with my kids, I've forced yeah. them one Thanksgiving to go like <clears throat> during the pandemic to go do these meals and, and help people. And, um, they both just did not want to go. And then they had a blast. They love it. Yes. Because, like, because focusing on others causes mm -hmm. happiness mm -hmm. and their, your happiness levels rise. So, um, regularly we will do stuff like that. I mean, my daughter likes to help with special needs kids. Oh. So they have a thing at the school where they do sports mm -hmm. events with special needs kids and they play sports with, uh, with them and stuff or, you know, just things like that. So, but yeah, that's, that's one of the keys to happiness at this point. I think getting outside yourself. Yeah. And prioritizing that because it's easy to, to feel like you don't have enough time. Yeah. So I think you have to make it, you have to force it to be a priority. You yeah. It, it's, it. um, Another thing to add to your busy plate. I right? know. <laughs> I know. Put so, it on the list. Yeah. But put it high on the list, you know, circle yeah. it for one day a week or something just mm -hmm. to figure it out. Because that's all it takes is figuring it out and getting it on your schedule. Right. Really. Yeah. So, I mean, <coughs> for me, I'll plan in the family time. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, if you remember, there was a there was an author named Stephen Covey. In the sure. Past. He, in he, fact, I saw a His Covey son endorsed the book. The yeah. Sean book. Covey. Mm -hmm. um, but he, he used to have this great visual where they'd put the big rocks in first because he'd say he'd have people from the audience come up and say fill up this cylinder it was a glass cylinder it had big rocks small rocks pebbles sand and they'd put all this stuff in and then they couldn't get the big rocks in because the sand was in so he said put in the big rocks first and then you pour the sand and the pebbles in and it kind of just fills in all the space and it and everything fit into the busy schedule right so it was ah. basically like instead put the put the priorities in first put mm -hmm. the date nights in put the family time in Put, you know, maybe it, maybe a service project once a quarter in there. You know, it's, what, three hours on a Saturday really or something. And that. put all that in. And then you can go crazy with your busy goals, dreams, work schedule, work your butt off. And you're not ever finding that mommy guilt because it's already planned in. The priorities were already, were already there. And yeah. it will help you with balance. There's not any perfect balance. I mean, there's obviously going to be times where you're more focused in business or someone in your family needs you a little bit more and you 
it gets tilted, but you can you can strive for balance, and you can strive for happiness. And you can just remain aware yeah. of where your time is going to, or just right. when you <coughs> notice something feels off, pay attention. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about your goals. <coughs> Did you say them out loud? When you were talking about saying gratitude and all that, I was wondering yeah. about your goals. I mean, like, I tried to. How much do you say out loud? I tried to say it out loud. I'm it's, a big out loud person. Yeah. When you say it out loud, you're the first person to hear it. Boom. Yes. You know what I mean? And your subconscious doesn't know if it's you or someone else. So if you give yourself yes. affirmations, like you are awesome, <laughs> you're yes. the hardest working person I know, or like one of my affirmations right now is like, you look great, feel great. You're in the best shape of your life. But Love it doesn't, it. your brain doesn't know if that's someone else encouraging you or you. So, hey, I'm got to be my biggest cheerleader so I know I have yeah. a friend who will say negative things about herself you know as a self-deprecating joking way and cutting that out was a huge thing for me and and uh it, you know I'm just it's an affirmation you, you are hearing that mm -hmm. you are hearing that yeah so we we speak it into existence so whatever our brain is believing and the more we say it the more our brain will start to believe it Big time. So, yeah. And then, and we, and then we believe it too. and we manifest it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Good. Oh, my gosh. We're so aligned. I love this. <laughs> um, because, and I like that you spoke to all that because you are very relatable to a lot of people, I think. You know, sometimes it can get a little too heavy on the spiritual side yeah. and <clears throat> not be as relatable. Yeah. And that's one of one of my things is I, I can get very woo woo and all that. I mean, we sat down and rang a bell and lit some Palo Santo. <laughs> so I can get very much like that. But I, I strive to stay relatable because yeah. most people are trying to put food on the table yeah. and just figure out what's next yeah. and, <clears throat> you know, have enough time to f even get clear on their goals. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll try this. They'll see, you know, you are like, okay, I can do that. I'll do that. That's, that's, right. I love her. I'm going to do that. I can do that. And then they try and then it only lasts a few days. Mm -hmm. And that, and it, like New Year's resolutions, right? Everyone sets these big New Year's resolutions. I worked in a gym and the gym was, <laughs> it was like January was our biggest month of the year. I was nonstop, you know, signing people up on memberships. And then members would get mad at me and yell at me like, you're overcrowding this place. I'm like, you know better. Give it two weeks. They'll all be gone. They'll all be gone. So it's, so it's that discipline, right? And uh, I think a lot of us lack that. But that's why in this book, it's like very practical, easy little things that you can do in marriage, in family. But one of the simple things that I, I do, I guess, um, I just really simple, but I just draw a kind of a line down the page and across the page, and I put spiritual, like so faith, family, fitness, finance, my four Fs, right? Okay. And now I've had fun and fulfillment, but, <laughs> but, but I had four Fs for years. And so spiritual could be whatever it is for you. For some, it might be like growing closer to God. Another might be uh, personal development or contribution goals. But it's becoming a better person, becoming the best version of you. So in there, you really have to think, okay, you know, what, what, I want, what do I want to be? What, who do I want to be? Who do I want to help? And just, you know, you're kind of putting your goals down there. And then family goals. It could be, I want to get this guy potty trained within the next six months. Mm -hmm. whatever. It could be anything, sure. right? So family goals. It could be, I remember my husband had in his uh, family quadrant one time to, to not yell at the kids. And he had a 90-day thing that he was not going to yell. And if he, he did, then he had to start over, right? And he was trying to break himself of raising his voice with the, with the kids. Yeah. And because uh, that's how he was raised, where mm -hmm. everybody just immediately went to screaming at each other, right? And uh, so, and then, you know, your, your uh, fitness goals, one that a lot of people will neglect because they're busy, 
and they'll, you know, eat whatever through the drive-through, and they'll, you know, go months without even exercising or getting mm-hmm. outdoors, and especially now that everybody's on Zoom, they're s- they're sitting, Sedentary. they're mm-hmm. sitting so much. So you have those fitness goals, and then you have uh, our wellness goals, and then you have um, your business goals, your finance. So that's your personal savings, that's your you know business you know type things that you want to do, and mm-hmm. and so you have you have that too. So the nice thing about doing your your goals this way is that once you once you wrote, wrote them down and you're reading them every day, it rebalances you every morning and every night. So you could be like this driven, crazy entrepreneur trying to hit this big goal, but every night you read the things that you want for your family. So it causes you to rebalance each, each night. It's and so I couldn't, I couldn't get too crazy on any, mm-hmm. on any end. So <clears throat> we're getting close on time. Um, before, before we wrap up, I just want to ask you too about the financial aspect of it. Cause that's a huge part of what you do. And I know you help people get on their feet financially and yeah. it more than on their feet get solid. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was wondering what you tell people to even start, you, you know, know uh, what you just said is a really great one. Yeah. You know, obviously I, I did do financial planning and stuff, but usually, you, you know, you need to sit down individually, figure out someone's goals, their dreams, and then, you know, the advice is individual for them. The clarity um, piece of I that do have too. a chapter in the book though called don't blow it. Because, yes, you want to build this dream life, but, I've, again, I've seen people that are, they just don't, they don't understand money. Yeah. And they don't understand how to attract wealth or keep wealth. So even though they were doing well in business or financially, they lose it all, too. But right? what's the, what are they doing wrong? Just, just learning the basics of money mm-hmm. and wealth is important. You know, just uh, first having a licensed professional that they trust, finding mm-hmm. that, that can give them proper advice instead of trying to dial 1-800-whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the biggest one is just saving. Most Americans, they are in debt. They they go and you know, refinance their house or put the money on credit card, and then they spend all of their income and all of the money that they've financed, and so they they end up with nothing. You know, the the homeless population of the boomers is increasing. Um, these people just they, they 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 didn't they were never taught this. Mm-hmm. The financial industry has neglected them completely. They only help the w- the rich, the wealthy. And so just educating yourself, I think, is, is a big one. Um, and saving, even if it's a little bit, like saving, like paying yourself first. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I have a whole chapter on all the kind of basics of money in the book. But, I mean, that's one of my businesses. Um, for me now, I mean, I have multiple businesses. But for me now, I guess my goal is I want to build leaders that, ha- that know how to make money and save money. Because if someone has leadership skills and they have money, they can go change their world. Can we work with you? Can we take Justin and I? (laughs) (laughs) We need it. But seriously, (laughs) like you could be super passionate about Mm -hmm. helping people, but you have no financing, you have no money, Mm -hmm. you're not going to make a big difference, right? Right. Same thing if you you have money, but you don't have the leadership skills to to make something happen. So again, I try to build these leaders that, you know, no money and Mm -hmm. have money, but I also try to spark the fire of philanthropy. Yeah. Of charity. So... Maybe one person is really passionate about helping kids with autism. Another might be wanting, wanting to end sex trafficking. Another person might want to build uh, schools in Uganda or build wells in, in the Congo. You know what I mean? But whatever it is for them, awesome. I just want to equip them. Is that giving a big piece of attracting wealth to you? Yeah. Yeah. I want to grow more. You know, a friend of mine wrote a check for like $10 million the other day. 
for just, uh, it was battered women or something. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm doing pretty well, but I can't just write a check for $10 million that's whenever impressive. I want to. That's, right that's I mean? goals right you know I mean? I'm like, I'm like yeah. hey, I can't do that. So I still have a lot of room to grow and become more successful so I can make a bigger difference. Yeah. And it's fun. And I'm only 32, right? That's right. <laughs> and you're only 32. Look how much time you've got. Hundreds yeah. of years. I think uh, <laughs> I turned, I, I stopped aging at 32, I, I think like 13 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I had Susie Batiste on. She invented poopery and yes. supernatural. Yeah, I had her on. And she one of her mantras is, my ceiling for abundance is ever expanding. Yes. And yep. so that's it. You know, you've got room to grow. Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, I've already shown yes. myself this much as possible so I can write that $10 million check. Yes. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, when we're talking about money, if you understand money, it stops being hard. It stops being this hard thing for you. I, I have mental setbacks around it because I yeah. already, like, listening to you, I know my own history and I know immediately I start going, oh, I don't I don't understand it. I'm not good with it. And I start these things. And I think Justin does the same thing. Like, we'll tell ourselves these things. Do you think that... It can be as simple as what we were talking about, saying those things out loud, like yeah. just changing, I am good with money. And I've, I've tried yeah. to work around that, do some affirmations around that, like I am yeah. good with money, I understand finances, yeah. it's getting clear all the time, I have the right people guiding me. Yeah, because that's how manifestation works. Right. Once you start to tell yourself and read those things, especially out loud, like you said, then the right people will be put in your path to teach you those things. Does that make sense? So that's how <laughs> We're it works. Sitting right here, yeah. <laughs> but that's how it works. And yes. like I said, I think again, mo I grew up in a house where money's the root of all evil. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know, what do you think we are, the Rockefellers? You know, things like that. So you know, like I think someone called my mom said something about, oh, are you Daddy Warbucks or something like that the other day, <laughs> right? So they said these things. Money was a hard thing. Yeah. Money was always a stressful thing. Money was the cause of divorce in my home. Right. And so wow. when you learn money, it, it stops being those hard things and it just becomes a tool. Yeah. To do whatever it is that you want for your dream life, for others. It just, you know, it becomes an, an easier thing. It doesn't become this um, conflict. Yeah. Do you ever look back at your old self like long, long ago and hear yourself right now and you're <laughs> like, she would be so impressed. <laughs> you know, I still <laughs> say things. I said, I said something. I said, um, Oh, my, to my husband, I said, when we're rich, I'm going to do this, this, this. He's like, Jamie, you're rich. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You know? <laughs> so I still that have. That girl's still like. I, that girl's still off. there. That girl's still there because I remember um, I, had the, I just didn't want to be poor like that again. I remember waking up in the middle of like the night in the early morning where I could see my breath and thinking, how freaking poor are we? We can't afford, pro afford propane to heat our house. It's Montana. That's Alaskan winds. Oh, it's so cold. freezing. And I remember grabbing my sisters from their rooms and bringing them into the bathroom, plugging in a space heater and doing their hair and singing songs with them so that they wouldn't have the same feelings that I was feeling, scared as a kid, you know. And, and so <clears throat> I just, I knew I didn't want that. And so wow. I'll think about that sometimes, like that swamp cooler caving in or there was this drawer missing from like where the knives and forks were. And I'm like, we can't freaking fix the door, the drawer right there, like, I was embarrassed to have any friends come over. Like the linoleum's peeling up. Every room had a different color shag carpet, mustard green, red. <laughs> uh, it was horrible. We had a, a wall that was visqueen, like plastic. Wow. That he never finished the construction. And so that was our living room, like a plastic wall. And so, um, so yeah, I, I never wanted to be poor. I never wanted to have that <clears throat> fear or that contention in my house. 
Yeah, because you hear a lot of stories, you know, about people that grew up in the Depression or something, and yeah. they never overcome <coughs> that mindset yeah. of, like, you know, they'll find, like, someone will die, and they'll find their mattress stuffed with money, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. like, it's a, it's there's a lot of mindset that can be so ingrained in us that's mm -hmm. difficult to overcome. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <sighs> well, is there anything, I feel like, you know, this has been so incredible. Is there anything that we missed or anything that you'd like to reiterate or on your heart before we, before no. we wrap up? I would just say that you can do it. You can have it all. You know, I think that mm -hmm. we're told we can't. I mean, you can't be a great Especially mom. Especially as women. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can't be this great mom, but also, you know, pursue your dreams, pursue your passions, and, you know, do this charity work and make a difference. And you can you can. It's just a lot of people will start and stop because it becomes too much. It becomes too stressful because no one's taught them how to do it. No one said, here's the landmines to avoid. Step here instead of there. And so they can do it. They can have this great dream life. It's not out of their reach. doesn't matter where you came from. doesn't matter what happened to you. It happened for you that you can use that as strength to become that next version of you and just keep no, growing. Just keep growing. Yeah. Oh. If I can do it, you can do it. Promise. <laughs> promise. <laughs> oh, Jamie, well, let's tell everyone how they can pre-order your book. Or yes. maybe you're listening to this uh, in the next couple weeks and you can order it because it comes yeah. out officially May 17th. May 17th. It's yes. um, on pre-sale right now at... Uh, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, anywhere books are the sold. The usual places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. It's called Happy and Strong. And Jamie, pronounce your last name perfectly for me. <coughs> Villalobos. Villalobos. Jamie Good. Villalobos. That's what I thought. <laughs> I just wanted to double check because I didn't want to make a mistake. And with a forward by Ed Milet, I mean, anyway, I'm so excited to see this become a bestseller because you're putting out stuff that is uh, up-leveling your own life while, you're, while yeah. you're doing it. You're giving and getting the wealth and abundance back, you mm -hmm. know? Absolutely. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for Thank making you. time today. I'm just honored. My to pleasure. Sit down with it was you. fun. And I learned so much. And Thanks. I feel like my life got better, which awesome. is yay, awesome. such a gift. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. This has been the Amy Edwards Show from Overcome Studios. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you so much for being here. Sign up for our newsletter at amyedwards.com.